This podcast is the result of my passion for languages and for talking to people. I have conversations with language professionals who are willing to share their experience. We focus on their work, but also on how their love for languages has shaped their personal lives. I started my career as a researcher in terminology, but I found my passion for working directly with clients when I lived in the United States and started working as a language consultant for global companies like Sony, Apple, and Google. When I came back to Europe, I was introduced to the world of LSPs, where I had multiple roles, project manager, vendor manager, and terminologist. Now that I am fully dedicated to my own projects, I provide language services in English and Portuguese, mentoring and consulting for the localization industry, and of course, I'm also a podcaster. Find out more on LinkedIn or Instagram and get in touch if you'd like to explore how I can help you with your projects. I am Rita Prazeres Gonçalves, the language worker. This podcast is also available on YouTube. Hi, everybody. So today we have our second reunion. Obviously, this means that I'm bringing back some of the guests that we had on season one because, you know, I was still getting started, trying to figure out what the story was. And now I'm still figuring out what the story is. But at the same time, uh, I have done a few episodes. So I guess now I, I'm a little bit more aware of how things are. So I decided to bring back the first victims just to check in and see if everything is okay and how they're doing and all of that. But before I, we start talking about this whole year, uh, let's just uh, have a really brief presentation from each one of you. And I would start with Renata simply because it's going to be an order of appearance in the original um, episodes. So Renata was my first uh, Brazilian guest. Now I've had a few more, but Renata was my first uh, Brazilian guest. And so it was one of our first episodes in Portuguese. But today she's going to speak in English. So just a, a brief presentation. Renata, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me again. Uh, I'm Renata, I'm from Brazil, as you already know. I am an audiovisual translator, and I've been recently recently specializing in editorial translation as well. Uh, my language pairs are English, Portuguese, Portuguese, English, Brazilian Portuguese. Uh, I can understand a little bit of European Portuguese, not a little bit, I can understand plenty because my family, part of my family is Portuguese. Um, And I'm also part of the board at the Brazilian Association of Translators and Interpreters. I've been there since August 2022. And yeah, so our term ends in August 2024. And we still don't know if we're gonna <laughs> remain there or if we're gonna uh, leave, we don't know anything. And uh, last year we did uh, the 12th, conference, the international conference, and it was a huge success. We had 40, not 40, <laughs> we had 400 attendants, and I was really happy about it, but uh, so that, that that's why I've been away from LinkedIn too, so uh, we, I have a, I've had a lot of things to do. And with my work as an audiovisual translator, I've been working mainly with dubbing translation, and But I, I'm also specialized in subtitling, and now I'm trying to to go back into subtitling, and I want to work more with subtitling. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. That's who Renata is. And Dot, after Renata, a few weeks later, we had, we had uh, Dot. So my fellow podcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm Dot. I'm British, based in Manchester. Um, and I'm also a subtitler. Um, and I translate German and Dutch into English. And I was mostly subtitling like movies and TV shows. Um, more recently, this is probably the most recent update, which I've not even posted about anywhere, um, is that I've been subtitling a lot of um, explicit content. So that's been quite interesting. Um, awesome. <laughs> we bit, need to talk about that. <laughs> bit different. And I, <laughs> I can't talk too much about it, but it's been it's been a bit different, been a bit interesting. Probably don't want to share my search history with anyone at the minute. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, and I've also actually been doing um, a little bit of copywriting mm. um, as well, which I wasn't really planning to do, but I sort of like kind of got, you know how sometimes you just kind of accidentally get into things a little bit and oh, I do. Um, I'm not like officially offering it as a service to all my clients at the minute, but I'm kind of trying it out and um, enjoying that. Um, and yeah, what else is that? Oh, I got married since I last spoke to you. Yes, I, I was going to ask about that in a minute, but if you... <laughs> I was trying to think what were my life updates in the past year. We don't need to say it yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably most things. Oh yeah, and I still have my podcast um, called yes. Meet the Translator. Um, so yeah. And then we have our Adrian, I guess... Most of us know who Adrian is, but just a brief presentation before we get into the ins and outs of the year, because it's a lot. <laughs> hello, Rita. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me back. Congrats to Dot. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm Adrian. I'm a Swiss-German translator based in Brussels, Belgium. Uh, I've been doing this for six, seven years now, uh, specialized in the sports business now. Uh, especially this year, really focusing on this industry. So it's very exciting, like a, a lot of new stuff happening lately. And I also have a YouTube channel called Freelanceverse, where I post videos about profession and uh, freelancing and languages. And I'm, I'm a big fan of community building and having conversations with people. So very happy to be back, of course. Yay, thank you so much for coming back. So, Renata, let's talk about this Brazilian association. You have to say the name because I don't remember very well, and then yeah, I'll the, make the mistakes. The name is Brazilian Association of Translators and Interpreters. Okay. The, but it, we call it Abrach. Oh, that's short. exactly what it is. Yeah, Abrach is, yeah. right? So, <laughs> yep. it's a long name. It's true, but that's yes, what we have. everything in Portuguese. Portuguese is a very long language. Yes, we could say that, I suppose. But how has it been to be a part of an association? Because I guess it's been like a very relevant uh, part of your year. I know you started the year before in 2022, but I guess the vast majority of your activities happened during this uh, 2023 period, right? Yeah. Yeah, the bulk of it, the, the bulk of our work has been in 2023. It was a very crazy year. As you can imagine, uh, none of us, we are six, uh, the board, I'm the treasurer. In fact, I'm the first treasurer because there are two treasures, right? So I'm the first, first one. And 
it's a lot of work. We have like 400 uh, members and our work is uh, volunteer, right? Uh, we don't get paid anything, but we gain a lot in experience because none of us had ever organized, uh, planned any kind of event. Some of us are interpreters, some of us are translators. And so we had to uh, look for sponsors and mm -hmm. uh, schedule all, all, all sorts of things. I still don't know how we managed to do all that, but we spent a lot of uh, nights uh, with no sleep. It was very difficult. Uh, yeah, so... Apart from that, I am also, uh, I, I'm in charge of the communication at the mm. association. So I'm, I'm responsible for planning the content and uh, get, uh, garnering all the, the materials that we get from our, our partners, right? Because we have, a, there are many, many translation uh, institutes, like, I, I don't know if, if this is something that uh, is part of the European uh, translation industry, but we do have many uh, institutions here, educational education institutions who uh, teach translation and interpretation, but uh, not at the at, at an academic level, right? Mm -hmm. Not at a university uh, level. For instance, I don't have a master's degree, but I know that many many European translators do. And this is not uh, mandatory here. I don't know if this is mandatory elsewhere, but it's not mandatory in Brazil if you want to be a translator because our profession is uh, recognized uh, by the Brazilian government, mm. but it's not uh, regulated. I don't know if this is mm -hmm. the way. Yeah, yeah, I guess should. so. Yeah, so this means we have, um, it's, di it's different, right? Because we need an accountant to... Because if you if you work, if you have elsewhere, a bit of a, a stamp or Brazil, something like that, right? A stamp stamp is only for traductores juramentados. Oh, right. I don't know how how do you say traductores juramentados in English? I don't know. Sworn translators, I, I suppose. Sworn <laughs> translators, yeah, that's it. Sworn translators, they have a they have a stamp, uh, and they have to pass uh, a test. Hmm. And then I don't know really what happens, what what goes on if they get something, uh, some money from the government or if they're only paid per project. I don't know uh, how it uh, how it goes in Brazil. But I, I do know that uh, we don't have like specific, in Brazil we call piso, right? Because the workers whose profession, uh, whose occupation is uh, regulated by the Brazilian government, they, they have a, mi a minimum salary that mm -hmm. they should get, right? Okay. Uh, per month and mm -hmm. in brazil we don't have that right we only have we have for example we have uh Abrates and we have sintra sintra mm -hmm. is the the union of translators and yeah, the brazilian union of translators and they have a page in, the, in their website where they they have all these uh, recommend recommendations of rates and many right. people say oh but i can't I can't charge that because it's too high. Mm -hmm. So they kind but of they regulate not, the prices or at least mandatory. Give you, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, they give you a, an it idea. It gives an idea, right, of how much we can charge, but it's 
many people don't understand that this is not mandatory. It's just mm. uh, it's just there for orientation, right? Mm. Just advice. So you you had a super busy uh, year because you have to organize a bunch of stuff and be in touch with a lot of people. And that's also the case for Dot. It's true that she got married. I don't know who organized this Congratulations, Dot. <laughs> Thank you. I actually organized it myself. Well, me and my husband organized it ourselves. So that was also a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you have a lot of, of uh, practice, I would say, because you organize something that it's very, very interesting and very particular and I guess very unique. I guess there's somebody else who does it, I guess, in Greece for the first time she's going to do it this year, something like that. But I had never heard it until I heard it from you, I guess. So you do have like some sort of a business retreat oh, for translators. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, that's what that. she's talking about. <laughs> We've literally got another one in like two weeks <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. okay so we should um, talk about it shouldn't we <laughs> yeah me and uh chloe and maya uh maya lane um we yeah put, like decided to we do you know what was it was really random because we all kind of separately had the idea and then like me and Maya spoke about it one time and then I met with chloe and then she was like i've had this idea and i was like that's the same idea let's like <laughs> let's like all do this together so um yeah so we organized this business retreat um and it was like one day up in the lake district so you're talking um, about last year right so that already happened once yeah last last year's one Mm -hmm. it was in september um Mm -hmm. up in the lake district because that's where maya lives and so she like knows everywhere around there and it's very nice and sort of like feels like a kind of place where you'd go for a retreat um (laughs) and so yeah we did that and it was just like one day and we like a whole bunch of people came to this nice little place and talked about business things and then we Mm. like went out and had a little swim in the lake and yeah it was really nice um and yeah so we've got another one in uh about two weeks I think it's in about two weeks um and it's also gonna be in the Lake District in the same like place but in a different building in that same place and mm. it's going to be over two days this time so we've got like one day for the business stuff and then a second like full day for activities because we were like we want to do more because it's the winter right <laughs> yeah we're not going to be swimming in the lake but um we are going to be i think we're going to be canoeing or kayaking or something like that i can't remember um mm. so it so when you be, say business but... thing is like is it like a almost like a, a presentation or a conference type or a round table or what kind of things that you have um, going on so it's more like so we have um so the one that's coming up it, we've changed it slightly but we've basically got um three sort of main sessions um on different topics so we've got this time we've got one on uh mental health and like work-life balance one on like marketing and working with clients and then the other one's on uh no wait one's marketing social media one's working with clients and something I do know this <laughs> I know I know how it is sometimes we talk about it so much but, when we want to talk about it we don't remember <laughs> basically things related to your business and we yeah. don't it's not really like we do a presentation it's more like we sort of lead a session so mm. we'll like start off with like some like questions to get people thinking um and we might sort of like have people kind of discussing as a whole group and then get people to like split into groups and discuss with each other and sort of share ideas so like 
we're sort of leading it but we're not like giving all the information because we think that everyone sort of has things um to share and they can kind of get inspiration from each other and stuff so that's sort of the idea Hmm. um of that yeah (laughs) so so you you really don't have like uh, guests to do presentations or anything like that it's a bit more so the three of you would um take care of all the talking and organizing and all of the all of those things right involved Mm -hmm. yeah why did you decide to make it two days instead of one especially because now you don't get to swim in the river um well i think we just thought because like a lot of people were traveling up to the lake district like it's not um like not many people actually live in the lake district so a lot of people were traveling up and a lot of people were staying for a couple of days or like for the weekend and stuff and we just thought like oh it would be really fun if we had like another day where we could do more activities um so we just thought we'll try it out um I don't know we're just sort of gonna see how it goes and um then hopefully if we have like future ones we can you know make more changes or do whatever seems to work best for um, another extra day so, next time yeah. <laughs> maybe it's not gonna become like a whole week but um, <laughs> I don't know we, <laughs> we did initially actually I think we did initially think about doing it over a couple of days um but for the first one we were like let's just do one day let's make it keep it simple see how that goes first see if anyone even comes to it or is interested and then think about expanding it a little bit rather than starting it off like with too much going on at once (laughs) Mm -hmm. so adrian when we talked in march end of march probably but you'll know because you'll know the date of your trip to patagonia <laughs> right oh, okay. you were it was about just before, to go right? all right <laughs> i so, guess yeah, it was end of before. march then yeah <laughs> exactly right it was end of march so yeah it so feels much longer ago for me i don't know feels, uh, i know I was just thinking about it because of the brand Patagonia, right? So I I used to be a client when I was in the States and I don't, I'm not sure if if it's in Europe because I've never seen any evidence that we have it, but I was talking to someone in the, on LinkedIn about their post or I don't know. And I was like, oh yeah, Patagonia thing. And then I was like, yes, Adrian, Adrian. (laughs) It's a a very cool brand now. I I work with them now. It's a very, I think they are Dutch and they're very ecologically, aware and very sustainable so it's a, it's a cool brand yeah i really like them so but when i was in the states in Patagonia, so it's, it's a european <laughs> thing. yeah so i guess i thought like the 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 full-blown thing was was in the states but maybe it's not even an american brand i don't even know so, so. yeah that's what i thought but maybe not so what happened ever since i mean a lot i know that you've been to a lot of events you've had all sorts of things going on. So just walk us through a little bit of the highlights because I know it's it's a lot. You probably don't even remember everything right now. <laughs> just like yeah, it's always all kind of a blur. I yeah, like. I, I know, I know how it is. So go back to to Patagonia and you know, let's go from there. I mean, that was amazing. That I really took like a month of work, and that it has been a long time since I've done that. Uh, but whenever I do a, a longer travel and I go further away, then I, I don't like to work from abroad, you know, so when I, when I do smaller trips, that's something else. But so yeah, right after our episode, I remember now that you say it, I, I left for almost a month. Yes. And then I, uh, straight back to work, a lot of events, you're right. I, I was part of the uh, B word conference. It was mm-hmm. the first ever international translation conference in Belgium. And I was asked to host it. So that was mm-hmm. the first, uh, 
It was actually, it ended up being more exhausting, but easier than presenting at the conference. So it was because you all, you only have to talk, you know, in the little breaks, you have to entertain people. And I, I got you have to entertain. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Through the videos, it, it became quite easy and natural. It's still, I, I think I told this last time as well. It's still this kind of different persona that I have when I do these things. It, it doesn't feel like it's myself. And sometimes it's a bit weird and stressful, but Whenever I'm done with it, I always enjoy and appreciate having done it. Mm -hmm. uh, another big event was uh, TEF, Translating Europe Forum, here in Brussels. I was there invited for the second time uh, to speak in a panel. And this is always just very impressive because it's so well organized and it's at the commission. So it feels like this this huge thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, it is, and right? Very big people in the industry and sometimes feel a bit out of place. But then when they approach me and talk to me then makes sense that yeah I'm supposed to be there and it's nice to represent freelancers there so to kind of show that this industry only works with us and through us so that's that's mm -hmm. really cool and then end of the year I went to ISPO in Munich it's a, an international sports conference so that's when I really kicked off my new kind of orientation of the business to fully specialize in this industry these were the three main events I would say mm-hmm yeah, so I guess the one in Belgium was the, were the, was the one where you did all the videos and all of that stuff, right? That you were showing your activities and running around and going to the hotel and arriving and coming exactly, and going. Exactly. <laughs> I did the video. Yeah, I told the organizers I can I can do I can host or I can make a video, but I can't do both unless <laughs> I bring someone with me, Anita, who's working for me. So I flew her out from Budapest and she came with me and she was kind of filming the whole day while I was hosting. And like that, I managed to do both. And it was actually really fun. It was cool. But uh, as Todd says, it was also a first time. So they only did it just one day. Uh, they also want to scale it up if possible. But when you do something for the first time, you just need to make sure that you're selling any tickets, right? So they were really, when I first <laughs> had the first meeting with them, they were really scared to not sell their 150 tickets or so that they had available. Mm. But then it went very quickly. And I think yeah, I can imagine. people are... Yeah, they're interested. They, they're. It's very nice to meet people in person in the industry. It's something else than, than meeting uh, virtually. It mm -hmm. really gives another uh, kind of sense of community when you meet them in person. And some people that were on the channel that I met just through emails or on LinkedIn, I actually got to meet last year, and that was so fun. Yeah, hmm. I need to go travel around myself yes. <laughs> <laughs> probably coming soon <laughs> so that in terms of uh, the podcast because let's inspire Renata and tell her about our activities this year in terms of our podcast because um, Adrian doesn't have a podcast but it is a podcast because it's just the fact that I guess he doesn't have the audio version only but he has the video and that is it's on Spotify yeah? it, it's a podcast <laughs> ah i didn't know that is it because of yeah, the new yeah. features or yeah they they have a video implementation now so they yeah, so i've they heard about it like a, a beta <laughs> version in invite so um, yeah now it's all on spotify and people actually listen to it there it's funny mm -hmm. well uh, yeah isn't it interesting when that happens so i mean yeah. <laughs> dot because you started much before me 
And how is it to like look at all the stuff that you've done before and then this year that you have so many things going on with your wedding and all sorts of other events, not only that one that you organized, but I guess you, you were all, all, also present in a lot of other events that you didn't necessarily organize yourself. I mean, I, I think I remember seeing photos of you and events and talking and all sorts of things. How do you manage <laughs> having a podcast? <laughs> And, is, you know, doing all that stuff, because I mean, the, the advantage is, I would say, is that when you get somewhere, people kind of know who you are because, you know, having a podcast and you know, Adrian has that experience a lot. I can only imagine everybody knows who you are. <laughs> that must be really funny. But how was it for you to just, you know, go places and meet people and then at the same time having to manage your podcast and all the things that you have going on that you really do and you have to move on with? Um. I, I'll be honest, I get very overwhelmed. Um, I am not, I, I, I don't really know how I manage it, to be honest. I often just have a jumble of a lot of things and, you know, like I'll have to prioritize certain things at different points in my life, depending on what I'm doing, you know, and I just try and, I don't know. I mean, I make every, every morning I wake up about how, well, like, get ready like about half an hour before I need to start any work and I sit down and I write my to-do list of all the things and I feel like that kind of helps because then I'm like if I can sometimes I have like a list of kind of things that I've got ongoing that I need to be working on every now and then and I try not to like overwhelm myself with too many things each day but I'm like okay if I do a little bit of this thing then that's like progressing with that or whatever and um yeah but I don't really know <laughs> I feel like that's something I'm trying to figure out is how to actually manage it because unlike you doing like what 18 book 18 episodes in one month like I'm I think that's last in the past year I, I think last year I don't know exactly but I didn't I maybe did like five episodes in the mm -hmm. whole year. I'm not even 100% sure. It just mm -hmm. So like, you don't worry about it, having it every month? Or yeah. Every... Like it's the kind of thing where I'm like, I really do enjoy doing it and I want to keep it going and I'm going to keep it going. But like if I can't prioritize it, then I'm not going to stress myself over it. Like mm -hmm. I'll fit it in where I can fit it in and in a time where I, I'm like mentally prepared to be doing it and I have the energy to do it and stuff because I don't want to be trying to do it when I'm like stressed or tired or not thinking straight if that makes sense so like mm -hmm. I just I don't know I just it's my podcast is something that I just don't pressure myself about like I'll yeah I, I enjoy it but um it's mm, it's like, a go with the flow podcast yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that kind of thing but Adrian is is not like that right because I guess Adrian you always have a video coming out every week. Sometimes you have guests, sometimes it's a solo episode, which is what I don't do, at least so far. <laughs> uh, because I guess it's a whole it's a whole other story and I still have to figure out uh, how I would do it myself. So I guess, how do you manage all of that with all the things you need to do? And especially this year, I suppose, was one of your busiest years in terms of, you know, of all this more social life work oriented things. And you still also have obviously your language business itself, right? So how do you feel that yeah. you did this year <laughs> with managing all that yeah. stuff 
and traveling to Patagonia. Shall, shall I say it again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the language business is still the priority, right? I, I got very good in, in becoming much more efficient in this in these YouTube videos. Uh, I have it very structured. Yes, I. for me, this is kind of, uh, this relieves the stress of thinking about it when I just have it in place. It just happens. So okay. even if, if I don't have an idea, I know I have to do it. So I just do it. For me, that's how my brain works. Uh, I'm very, like, I don't have any issues with, you know, like uh, procrastination or like uh, motivation, etc. So for me, it's all down to timing, to planning uh i live my life very i don't i don't ever really stress or worry about work or this whole thing it's i really live my side my life outside of this and then my work part is just i try to enjoy it as much as possible mm -hmm. um it's hard to explain but yeah I, I take a break in the summer to kind of reset for, from from youtube and the, the rest of the year i upload every monday at 6 p.m and that's just set so i know that at least once a week i have to do something but now i became uh i i kind of bulk create these videos so sometimes i just take one whole friday and i make three or four videos you know mm. and then i have it for the month and that's that's done so i, I pre-produce definitely not at the moment uh since since the new year started I, I have been working on quite big videos that take a lot of time, so it's impossible to pre-produce them. So now I'm in this, I have this, you know, beginning of the year motivations. I want to make uh, the best videos possible and they take a lot of time. So it's it's always for the following Monday at the moment. But mm -hmm. once I get in the in the rhythm a bit and, you know, not every, every video can be my favorite video. So sometimes they are more <laughs> or less filler videos, but... Uh, that that's the thing like if i if i were to uh not upload these filler videos then i would not have this rhythm that i need right and then i would just stop making them probably so i rather sometimes make a shorter one that is more like just uh, some information for some people that are interested so that i can put more energy in the big ones and how i manage the all the things i mean i i luckily now it's part of my working environment right i I consider everything I do also not this interview. This is all one thing for me. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think I have a language business. I have a YouTube. It's all connected because that's how it can grow. I think, um, and I have help. Like I, I work with people that help me. I mean, the the whole social media promotion. I don't do any of that. I have no social media on my phone, etc. That's that's all done by someone else. Mm -hmm. And these things help a lot. Much less distractions productivity and and uh living a healthy life is what works for me yes sounds very good living a healthy life look at that <laughs> so renata talking about i guess what we're doing here yes this is work i i feel you talking Adrian, about i feel the same <laughs> i this is work everything is work and i like the fact that also is that fluid that you know what you do in the office space right is, is work for whatever you're doing, right? Today, I'm actually working on my son's project for school, <laughs> for Carnival, because I have no other option but to do it in this frame of time too, but it's happening. But, you know, it's something that I also have to do. It's part of my jobs, right? So everything needs to be integrated and flowing somehow so that, you know, things just move along peacefully. 
But the whole purpose of all of this, I think, is for us to create community, like Adrian said, right? So that is also the most important thing for me. So Renata, if you look at this past year, how has it been for you to feel or have you felt that you are part of the community? Have you feel, do you feel like you participated more than usual because you're now involved with an association or how is it going for you in terms of building community or feeling like you're a part of this big language workers community? I think I, I was, I think at the beginning of my career, when I was the, the most active on LinkedIn, I really felt like I was part of a, com a community. But then I think I sort of, I don't know, I, I fell out of, I felt I went off the path, you know, I, I, something happened to me. I don't, it's all a blur now. I, I don't quite remember, but I know that uh, when I got the, the invitation to be part of the association and there were people voted, you know, but there were like uh, two chapas, help me out. <laughs> Well, two two parties, yeah, sort either. of. Yeah, <laughs> two like groups. two sort of two parties. Yes. Um, in fact, I think there was only one, and that's why we we won. We became the board. <laughs> yeah, we won right, the the election, and uh, I was feeling really out of everything, especially because of the, the pandemic, and I don't know. I I was feeling very lonely and. I was in a very low state, so I, I decided to to take on this challenge. I knew it was gonna be a challenge, but I, I had no idea how much how much it was it would be challenging because, uh, I mean, there there were uh, there was a, a work done by the other people, right? Who were part of the board, and then we had to build something on it. So we had first to understand. So we spent like two months before actually uh, becoming the board, right? Only learning how everything worked and uh, the administrative uh, part, the, the managing and fi the finances and the communication. So we we created a couple of divisions. We had no divisions. Mm -hmm. uh, some people had tried to do it, uh, to do it before, but uh, I mean, not all of them are active. Because uh, one thing that I realized is that before I, I became part of the board, I thought that being part of a translators association was just like paying the the fee, right? The annual fee. But then I, I realized as part of the board that uh, there is there's a lot of space for people to join and to make themselves heard and their opinions count. Uh, because it's too much work, we we can't do it, right? Because as Adrian and Dot said, we have our language business, and uh, in fact, last year I I dedicated myself to my prospecting and all of the. I mean, I was only a translator, uh, literally. I didn't do any marketing because I was so uh, absorbed by the work uh, at the association that I just uh, I didn't forget, but I I couldn't. Uh, I didn't manage it right the the correct way, and right now I'm trying to do the opposite. I am uh, diminishing my efforts as a treasurer and as a communication supervisor in order to have to uh, go back to building a, a healthy business, right, mm -hmm. and a healthy life. 
because last year I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I don't know if you have heard mm -hmm. of this syndrome, but it, it's basically pain, uh, diffuse pain, and uh, a lot of um, like uh, I can <laughs> I can't remember. You're very tired. You feel very tired all the time. Yeah, you feel very tired. Not all the time because I started medication and then I changed medication. Now, now I use cannabis as part of the my medication, and it's very expensive because it's not legal in Brazil. But mm -hmm. I can import a few uh, flasks for two medicinal years. Medicinal right? purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for medicinal purposes, and mm -hmm. it's helped me. It's it's been helping a lot, much more than the traditional medication which i also take but you know so now i i really have to because i i already struggled with depression and anxiety all the, mm -hmm. these things and then this is like a, a culmination of all my my problems my mental illnesses so it's been very difficult to accept one more diagnosis it's not it's not easy because i'm very stubborn <laughs> i'm very mm -hmm. stubborn and uh, of course, I wish I I'd never uh, have chronic pain and chronic fat fatigue, but it's the way it is, right? So now I'm trying to to separate my my life from my work because I, I already did that, but I wasn't so big on leading a healthy life and understanding how important it is to turn off my mind and uh, turn on the exercise, the healthy eating part, you know? Mm -hmm. yes. I still so... struggle with that, but now because of the diagnosis, I have to, it's up to me, right? Mm. It's not only about the, the medication. Yeah. So the, the community support is really important. And I guess, Dot, you also feel like, you know, community is there for you because you even share your personal achievements right so the whole wedding thing so how is it for you to to bring your personal life or to bring your work and all of that together and feel the support from the community because i guess you're very vocal about everything that you do and as you should i mean i am too i understand so how do you feel about what happened this year in your life and the impact that had in your relations in terms of the community i feel like because like because like I've made so many like good like friends in the community as well as like obviously colleagues and stuff like I've made friends with these people like you know last year yeah when I went to the BP conference in Utrecht um and I did a talk with Kelsey there and I did a talk with Chloe as well and like we us and um Maya and Aniko um we like all stayed in this like houseboat um together and stuff and it's like you really just I don't know like make friends with these people so then like when I'm like doing stuff in my personal life like obviously I don't post all of my personal life on LinkedIn and everything but it's like a lot of these people like here in this community are like my friends so it's like I want to share with them some of my like non-work bits of my life like I want to share with them like I mean a lot of them a lot of my translator friends were at my wedding anyway, so they already knew <laughs> knew about it. And um, I had I had two full tables of translators at my wedding, um, <laughs> and I think only one of them I actually knew. Like all of them, apart from one, I'd met through LinkedIn. So like, 
it's wow it, I think that's probably like the reason um that I share like more of my personal life than um a lot of people do and I mean it's I feel like it's a personal choice isn't it like mm-hmm. people have different boundaries with what they're happy sharing and stuff and um yeah it's just sort of what feels right for me I didn't know <laughs> mm-hmm. So do you do you also feel the same, Adrian? Like you know people, people know you. I mean, usually people know you, <laughs> I suppose. So it, not to want you to to create a video right now, but <laughs> but but because you have a lot of practice doing that. So what about some you know a bit of advice to to some of the people who don't feel as confident in you know sharing? It doesn't matter what it is, but some people they feel like they're very private and that uh, something can happen if they overshare or if they are you know, out there and people end up asking them for favors and things like that, which is obviously, you know, these days, if you have a podcast, if something like that happens, it's true that people end up coming to you (laughs) for sometimes not so usual requests, like, can you post my content or can you do this or can you do that, right? You know that that happens. I can only imagine how much it happened to you if, (laughs) if it happens to me. So, I mean, how do you deal with all that and what's the good in being out here in in public i can definitely understand that people have worries about that and i think it's it's a good it's good to not uh, share too much i mean i really have to be careful sometimes what i show in my videos like i don't want to show you know the outside of my house or whatever and my (laughs) my address is hopefully it, it is nowhere to be found i'm really trying my best because i mean the channel is big. It's almost at 30,000 people, right? So I don't want them to to know where I am at, at any time. Uh, so I also wouldn't post stuff uh, live when I am somewhere at that moment. I would always mm. send the things to my social media manager and then she puts it up later. So I, mm. just these things I'm a bit uh, uh, um, more aware of, I would say. And yeah, I, I don't share uh, private things online. That's just a personal choice uh, of mine. Um, I've never liked to do it. And so I, I don't, uh, I, I know that it could benefit probably the whole promotional thing, but uh, I don't want to do it just for, for that reason, right? Uh, if if it was my style, I would do it, but otherwise I don't feel like I need to. So whatever I share is professional. I only use professional social media anyways, uh, the closest I get to sharing is when I film, like I, I have this series when I do a day in the life video mm-hmm. when I just share what I do on a daily basis. And that's probably the most personal I get. Um, but yeah, I have to be careful with also like recently I, I made a video uh, where I wanted to promote the team translator initiative right from mm-hmm. Kelsey and Aniko. And uh, I just didn't think far enough that that I can't show this on screen, obviously. And then I realized, oh yeah, I can't share this. I mean, this is a private community, right? So uh, sometimes you don't think far enough, and you don't realize the reach that that you can have on LinkedIn. Sometimes mm-hmm. people, like ten thousand people, see your post, right? And it can get a bit. Uh, you're just at home in your in your four walls, and it can be a bit. Uh, an illusion of how how far you can actually reach in the internet so just be a bit aware of that i would say but of course the benefits of of community are are endless i mean uh, at the moment i don't do any client outreach anymore it's uh, any any lead i get is either directly from a client or through a colleague uh, referral 
and that's all thanks to the video. So that helped me immensely. And I get invited to these conferences all the time. And it's it's very fun. It just needs to be, um, as you say, like you have to kind of est estimate what what request is beneficial to you and also to the audience, right? There, there's so much crap that I get asked to do on the channel that I could. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so crazy. Like you could just shell crypto for like three thousand dollar easily every week, and of course that's that's like not the point of the channel. But it, yep. it it's it's easier to make money when you're a bad person. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best to to uh, you know navigate what's actually valuable for the people watching. Yeah, and I, I'm Plus, sure I that that's how the, people see you. Yeah, and I have to tell these brands, you know, very honestly that uh, you can work with me, but I'm not going to, I don't, there's not going to be a lot of conversion. These people are not, my audience is not an audience that, they are mostly at the beginning of their career, right? It's not, not going to be a very lucrative audience, but if you just want to do brand awareness and it's a brand that I agree with, then I'll, I'll happily work with them. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we do. We, I guess all of us here really believe in, you know, community and getting together, gathering your ideas, putting it out there, because I'm sure that there's a lot of people watching and they might benefit from it even without saying a word to us. So this is why I guess we do it. So guys, thank you so much for coming back. <laughs> I'm always bothering you. Come back, come back. So um, this time I had an excuse. So it was the reunion, right? <laughs> Yeah. And that's how I do it. So I'm very, very happy that you said yes. Thank you so much for taking some of your time to be here once again. And uh, I guess I can still say happy 2024. And I will see you around. Thank you so much for this. And I'll see you soon. Thank you. Yes. Bye-bye. Nice to see you. Bye, bye you guys. Bye. bye.